good. That's all good. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sovereign Mind, Body, and Soul podcast with Coach Jerry. I am Coach Jerry. At the Sovereign Mind, Body, and Soul podcast, we are here to share information and perspectives and opinionated opinions about the world we live in. But more to the point, what is getting in our way of being sovereign human beings? Why do we not pay attention to our health? Why do we just eat the spoon-fed bullshit that comes out of the media and the politicians without thinking for ourselves? Why do we have a hard time putting two and two together and coming up with four um, I don't fucking know. I don't know. But today I've got some people here to try to help me figure it out. And, uh, we're doing a little experiment today. We are just going to just free roll this thing. We're just going to sit around and we're going to talk. We're going to talk about some important stuff. We're going to talk about some controversial stuff and we're just going to have some fun. So sit along, enjoy the ride to this structureless podcast. Today joining me are my good friends and, uh, badasses. These are cage fighters, jujitsu competitors. Uh, we've got Derek Paulson and his wonderful wife, Lauren Wolf, with me here today. Guys, thank you for joining. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Um, before before we started rolling here, we started, we were, we were uh, talking about the last fight that these guys had, and Lauren just had a fight in um, Arizona, which uh, we'll talk about Arizona later, too. Fuckers. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that was an interesting experience, Lauren. That was a, a, a Really, really big, big, powerful opponent you were up against, but there was a, there's actually kind of a funny story story about, about you checking out a little bit in that fight. And uh, yeah, I wonder if you just want to kind of tell us, just tell us about the fight. Tell us about like the whole week. What what was it like? Lauren's a professional uh, mixed martial artist. You guys, she goes in the cage um, to unwind and relax. She <laughs> goes in a locked cage and beats the shit out of other people. And sometimes I get the shit beat out of me. Right, right. Uh, we all need it, it don't we? Well. Yeah, that's very humbling. <laughs> yeah, so tell me about fight week. Like, we really haven't got down to, like, just jamming about how that week went. Like, tell us all about it. Like, what was the travel like? What was prep, prep like? All that. Yeah. Um, so this was the first fight camp. Like, throughout the whole entire fight camp, I felt so much more calm than I ever have. Uh, normally, I kind of turn into a little bit of a bitch. Like, a little bit. Uh, Derek does anything wrong and I'm like exploding and freaking out. And this time <laughs> I had none of that. Everything went super well. And then like about a week out, I started to freak out a lot. When I look back, I don't think it was any more than I would normally freak out. But I think because the whole fight camp had gotten so calm that then when those feelings inevitably came up, I would, they almost doubled just because I wasn't expecting them at that point. Um, and I met with you and we were able to work through some of that. And I, I went down there feeling feeling pretty good. This was the first fight I ever had to uh, really travel for. Like we flew to Arizona um, and the travel went great. and Everything was totally fine. Um, my weight was on point. So then we got there, we faced off. Um, and I actually think I even felt a little bit better after I did face offs because I saw this girl like she's a pretty masculine woman. Yeah, yeah. And so, she works hard, you can tell. She works hard. So before I saw her, like, I, you know, there was some fears of, like, oh, my gosh, this girl's not even. What would Joe Rogan say about her? <laughs> right, right. This girl was very intimidating. And then I saw her in person. I was like, oh, she's just a human. Yeah. She's just a human. Yeah. Um, she's not even that much bigger than me. This is fine. She missed weight. She's not that much bigger than me. <laughs> this will be fine. And I was feeling really freaking good and ready. And um, so then I got in the cage. And... Um, the first round went 
literally to a T exactly how I had imagined it. She was a lot longer than me. I know she's a good striker. So I, when I did my visualizations, it's like, it's unrealistic to picture myself not getting hit. I'm going to go in there. She's going to be long, long and rangy. I'm going to have to figure out that range. I'm probably going to get hit two times. I got hit two times in the fight. From there, I'm going to figure out how to get in closer. I did that. I got in. I dirty boxed my way out. We got into clinch, just like I visualized them doing, and I took her down from clinch. I took her down with the exact takedown I visualized happening. I passed her guard. I took her back, and then my goal was to get a rear naked choke. And I tried for two and a half minutes to get that rear naked choke, and I was not able to finish it. How fucking gassed were your arms? I did. I had a fight a while ago, like years ago, where I tried to choke a girl out for too long, and I gassed my arms out to the point I couldn't even lift them in the next round. So I was consciously aware of what I was doing with my arms in this fight. I'm like, do not gas your arms out. So I did a good job of like swimming back and forth instead of just holding on to a yeah. choke. Like I kept trying to actually sink it. Um, I still gas my arms out a little bit. Like I went into the second round and my arms didn't feel like they had the oomph they did before, but they were, they were pumped too. Like Laura's yeah. got some guns y'all. <laughs> like <laughs> they were, they were popping. Yeah. They were popping. They were definitely... my, my wife's like, are her arms going to get tired? <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. They got a little tired. They didn't get to the point where I couldn't lift them up. So I feel like I did a good job with that, but they were definitely, um, they were feeling it. They were feeling it. But I think, I don't know. I had some sort of, uh, break i guess when i did everything perfect mm -hmm. everything to a t what i had planned to do and it still didn't work and instead of going back to my corner and thinking that went really well if i do that yeah. same exact thing again i'm gonna crash this girl no instead i was like that was my best that was uh... what i planned to do and it didn't freaking work and i went the second round and she punched me pretty dang hard like there's not been a lot of times in my life that i've felt Someone hit that hard. She's heavy-handed. Yeah. She's pretty heavy-handed. So she dropped me. And then from there, I think I went into, like, if we're talking about personality types, <laughs> I got real deep in my personality type, and I just kind of dissociated. And I was, like, fairly unaware of what was happening from there, and I made every wrong choice. And I just I felt like my brain was not even in my body. I was just watching myself get the crap kicked out of me from that point on. So. What were you thinking, Derek, when all this is going on? Uh, I mean, you had to know what was going on. You had to know, like, when you saw round one, you just like, oh, fuck, that's, you're, I, I, you know, she told me this is what was going to happen. And then round two, like, it was probably, like, obviously a different different scenario, right? Like, the, what was going through your mind in her corner as her husband? Uh, well, I have to get into a little dissociating uh, to even be in the corner because just, I guess. Talk through everything through fucking uh, personality types, but my personality is to be uh, a leader and be protective and all this shit, and then watching your wife get punched in the face. Nah. Money is a little bit different, so I have to uh, kind of go to a different place and just not even necessarily look at it like it's my wife, but it's just you know a fighter that I have in the cage. Uh, and I felt like the first round went really good. Uh, didn't really see uh, much in the corner. She did have uh, a pretty good thousand yard stare uh, in the Could corner. Terry did? Yeah. Huh? Terry had one? No, Lauren did. Oh, in you had a good stare? In the like corner. Like a thousand yard stare, not a good stare. Down. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, like gotcha. I, oh, like, I, I'm she with you. She was sitting I'm on the stool yeah. just looking. Yeah. She got a thousand yard stare and her opponent's 10 yards away. Her <laughs> yeah. leaving her own body. And 
as she said, was actually happening. So it's interesting that I kind of saw that. So yeah. for future reference, being able as a corner, being able to snap her back into reality yeah. uh, of what happened. But uh, yeah, that that right hand from uh, Turi in that second round, and then just seeing everything else that she did from there was like just thinking like no 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 yeah and it you know it's because it wasn't lauren in there lauren was gone and then we also lauren was watching we also found out like she couldn't even hear us and like most the biggest thing that i was thinking is like you have to fight like you have to fight here like this is where that's actually what i was yelling uh is you just have to fight here like shit sucks you fucking got hit, you got dropped, you got up, now you're on your head, and now she's on your chest. Like, you know, in fighting, some places you feel good and you can move, and, you know, like other places, you're, it's just a dogfight. You're like, you yeah. gotta get the hell out. And the only way to get out is to fight. And, like, you know, when you get hit that hard, your fucking head just starts spinning around. And, like, I know what that's like. So it's just, you know, just trying to get her to hear, like, you have to keep going here. You can yeah. get out of here, but, you know. Well, and it's like a loud what, ass crowd. Too. Have you ever had? Yeah, dude, that was like, uh, don't let me lose this question. Um, even though you don't know what I'm going to ask, don't let me lose <laughs> it. Uh, I, but I got to go before I lose this, this thought. I was pissed off because watching the fight from home, watching the stream, the announcers were so far up Terry's ass, right? And nothing against Terry. If you ever listen to this, you're a great fighter, super impressed, and you deserve all the accolades you're getting from your hometown. That's that's not an issue whatsoever. But they hadn't watched film on Lauren. That's obvious, right? Because it was like they were just talking about this thing. She's the best, you know, she's as good as it gets in this weight division and everything. I'm like, she's about to get her ass kicked, which she did. <laughs> she got her kicked for the whole round, right? Well, we learned the a powerful lesson only there. Only right? fighter that's ever apparently put her in a bad position. Yeah, no, and you guys watched the replay and as maybe the re- as the commentators. Well, you guys just like oh, that's just like karma. That's just like that's not just for her to win after they said that. But um it, it seemed to me like the first round when you were you were dominating her, it seemed like they were like in denial. Like there was no like there was no like oh Terry's in trouble. Oh but you know there was almost like they're just being quiet. Waiting her for her to get she's out of it. Really, I'm like, she's, she's in deep shit, dude. Really yeah, yeah. I'm like, she's in deep shit, dude. This is where you start screaming and like making big drama out of the fight, right? But they didn't. They just kind of like. But then when Lauren got caught, that. yeah, it was like, oh, here it is. You know, the big flurry. So that was like me. I, I, I didn't like that at all. Um, but biased commentary. Yeah, the biased commentary. But that leads me to the question: is like, you know, we talked about it, and and it was like, uh, it was like, oh, we didn't didn't have enough like visualizations or, or like uh, uh, pre, pre, pre-planning what happens when this happens or whatever. But um, that first round, like where have you experienced that before where you just visualize something pictured and it just like worked out the way you. Oh my gosh, it has never happened. I mean, I've visualized myself winning before. I think in the past I've had a hard time like actually doing visualizations, especially with MMA. Like there is no one scenario that can possibly happen. Like, I guess in the past, I've just, I've always heard, you know, like, you need to visualize. Visualizing is just as important as doing. You need to do this. And so I tried to do it, but I just, there's so many variables in fighting that I had such a hard time. I would usually picture myself walking into the ring. 
and then getting out of the or like the fight ending and my hand getting raised and that was about as deep as my visualizations went um and this time like i had actual goals like it might not go exactly to this plan but i know i want to take her back let's go back a step how would i take her back well i'd have to take her down and then i'd have to get to the back so what takedown would i want to do where would i end up from that takedown let's visualize that work back from that. How do I get into that takedown? So like I worked my way backwards from the end result that I wanted and I was actually able to do that visualization. And I did that almost every day. It doesn't even take that long. It's like five minutes. I mean, you know, fights are only 15 minutes. So even if I played out a whole fight in my head, it's 15 minutes out of my day where I just visualize exactly what I want to happen. Now I know I should probably visualize more than once. Like what if that scenario doesn't work? Let's go to the next round. And so I may have only visualized winning in round one. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think it really is true, like the power of that visualization and just doing that over and over. The fact that it worked out that way was mind blowing. And I'm super excited to do that again. Yeah. And I would like you compare that just what you described. Like that level of nuance of what it takes just to visualize one round. Right. But compare that to like what most people are getting for their mindset advice nowadays. You know, it's like, know your why. It's how you play the game. Right, which has biblical reference, right? Um, but like, what the fuck does that even mean? Right. Like, I mean, what is what the fuck does that even mean? Like, I mean, seriously. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, from you know, listen, when I was younger, just listening to motivational videos, and like, I've tried to uh, you know, go. I've been to all these different uh, business seminars and all this kind of shit, and you hear that know your why all the time and it's like yeah that's fucking great but like what the fuck do i do with that like know your why okay well like why i want to make a bunch of money it's like well guess what that's not very powerful so you suck and well, you don't know what to do with that you like, came up okay, with a why when you were sick right like, <laughs> you're twisted you fucking get a bunch of money it's like okay yeah that's a great result but like that doesn't actually attach to anything so there's no real way to actually accomplish that and it's not going to give you the driving force to actually get there well, even that and it's like, why, but they but don't teach you, why. right? Yeah, but they don't teach you. Like, it needs to attach to these different values that you carry around with you, so you actually know why you do these things that are attached to your core values, so you actually can really get down and dig into the weeds on like why you do what you do. Yeah. And nobody ever really explains that part of it. They just explain. You have to know your why. And if you don't right. know your why, you can't do anything. Right. It's like they, they take the <clears throat> like the ego part of that message, right? Instead of the spiritual base where it's from. like Because any of this stuff, like you could find something in the Bible that matches it. Right? It's like, are you, are you, are, are you operating out of faith and obedience or just obedience? Um, and that's how you play the game. Like, it's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. But that's just being obedient to a process, right? I mean, there's no spiritual implication. There's no there's no deep-seated impetus on this, right? In other words, it's like, I'm going to appeal to your ego because I know what you want. And I'm going to tell you the thing that's going to get you motivated. Well, breaking down, like, what your why means even further, I feel like, um, like, why do you, most people who fight want to be world champion? Well, why do you want to be world champion? Well, because I want to be the best in the world. Why do you want to be yeah. the best in the world? Like, and why is it fighting that you chose that you want to be the best in the world at? And like, just breaking it down until you can't break it down any further. I want to be stronger. Well, why do you want to be stronger? So just, I want to be the best version of myself. Okay, but why do you want to be the best version right. of yourself? Like, 
it can just keep breaking down. And like, for me, I realized like my sentence to explain my why also explains why I play the game. Um, like, I feel there will come a time in my life where I have to choose between what is right and what is easy. And I need to make sure that my soul is so strong that I know without a doubt in my mind that I can choose what is right. And fighting is the best way for me to do that, especially being a person who's afraid of confrontation and all that. I know I have to do something to strengthen the part of me that could stand up. Yeah. And fighting does that for me in every single way. Like, and it's not the win. In fact, like losing this fight probably strengthened my soul even more than winning would have right. because I know I can keep going. I know what it feels like to be down here and I know how it feels to build myself back up. I know what it feels like to go without food. I know what it feels like to be terrified like, and all those things, putting yourself in those positions is what strengthens, for me at least, strengthens my soul. And that's my why. Strengthen my soul. Boom. Right there. And it's like, uh, it doesn't get any more powerful or real when you're coming from a place like that. As opposed to what you're chasing shit your ego wants. Right. Well, your that's ego can be disappointed and let down. The win doesn't matter. It is like, I won because I got stronger from that. And Again, that sounds cliche. Like, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Like, of course it matters. Like, it hurts. It sucks. Yeah. But it is true. Another cliche, like, you win or you learn, like, sounds so cliche and annoying to hear when you've lost. But for reals, like, you learn so much. Not just about fighting. Not just about what techniques you need to work on. Like, any sport. It doesn't matter. You learn who you are in those moments of loss. Yeah. Totally. Derek, what have what's some things that you've, that you could add to this as far as what you've experienced in the last year, as far as understanding why you do anything you do? Uh, I know Lauren has spent a lot more time uh, on, like, she's really good at writing shit down, and, like, knowing exactly what to say. Like, <laughs> She did. Uh, like she literally has it written down. Uh, and like, I'm just not that way. Um, I mean, my biggest thing, like, as far as if I understand your question, right, just basically going into my why, I guess. Yeah, yeah, just anything you got to add about this whole conversation. Right. Um, I mean, I've learned that, uh, like, I've always known, like, I want to be successful, successful in business. Like, uh, I've been grappling since I was a little kid. Uh, I want to be successful in that too. And uh, spending a lot of time uh, the last year, like we have, uh, I know that like, I want to be able to provide and protect my family, like to be able to build up a legacy and be able to pass something on uh, to my kids and the rest of my family. Uh, if something was ever to happen to me, but for me to be able to do that, I need to be able to, go through hard times, be strong, lead in those times so that at the end of it, there's still something there. Um, what were your motivate? What were the things that motivated you before you learned all this stuff about yourself? Cool ass trucks and buy <laughs> safe ass cars and, you know, fucking throw money around and flash it around so everyone would think I'm cool. New people buy cool shit so I can fucking show it to other people. You don't still have that at all, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do not still do that. Uh, it's uh, sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, probably doesn't come across on the microphone. That's definitely <laughs> sarcasm. Uh, I definitely still want to buy cool ass trucks and really fast cars and motorcycles and 
all these uh, other things, but I'm also realizing now too, uh, becoming more responsible and everything. Um, I have realized like all the shiny, flashy shit just actually takes away from my why um, because to be able to do what I want to do, I have to give up a lot of small things to get the big thing that I want. Uh, so still fight the urge to buy cool guns <clears throat> and cars, but better at fighting and with a better attitude yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice to get cool shit. shit. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, man. It's like, it seems like so many things just boil down to like people not having a good relationship with the difference between their ego and their soul and what it is their soul really is, is guiding them towards, right? And it's just like, uh, it's so easy to get led astray and, and um, make poor choices because you're trying to make the ego happy. And there's so many people out there that are just fucking prey on that. Um, and I'm not slamming anybody. Yeah, but like, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, like health coaching, life coaching, you know, uh, psychologists, fitness influencers, motivational influencers, they're all going to prey on that sense of lack that we have, you know, and I, I think it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's gotten pretty silly and ridiculous. It's, it's almost laughable, you know? Um, so, so the mindset stuff that's out there. Um, but speaking of that, you were talking, we were talking about a few things uh, that you had in your notes, Lauren, before, before we start recording <clears throat> um, the, uh, but you were talking about stuff that was relating to the Bible and, and spirituality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about like, we have to look for the answers to things. Like even if you're a Christian and you, um, you pray, you know, God doesn't just give you the solution to everything or the answer to everything. Like there is still work that you have to put in. And one of those things is just, looking for the miracles or looking for the answers. So I think a lot of times like Christians look for answers and they read their Bible and that's it. And they close their Bible and it's all done for the day. Um, maybe they got their answer. Maybe they didn't, but they go on about their day. And I think that what makes the Bible a living document, like a, a living, breathing thing is that you read it, you ask for the answers or if there was something you were supposed to find in that, and then you go on about your day and you look for it. Like mm. you can't just, you can't just stop. Like you have to have a relationship with the Bible basically. And you have to go on through your day thinking about it and the answers will present themselves to you. Like there's so many times that I pray about something and then in my day, like that exact thing is answered and it's mind blowing. And I think that that is like truly a miracle. It's not just like a yeah. coincidence. It's right. a miracle. And I think if we have like more of a, a mindset like that, like looking for miracles, I think the answers like will surprise you and they'll be surprisingly easy to hear. And, and yeah. And part of that even also is just questioning the things you read. I think a lot of times people read the Bible and they think if I put any, if I question it all, that's wrong. That's yeah. saying you're not supposed to do yeah, that. Yeah. If, um, if I read my own context into this in any way, then I'm thinking that I'm higher than God. Right. And you're, I, you're making yourself God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But I think then you're that not it is contextual. If it weren't contextual, it wouldn't be a living document. Yeah. So not that you need to change what it says in any way in your mind, but like you do have to be able to apply it to your life. And that does mean maybe reading something into it that it doesn't explicitly say. Yeah. And then and then praying on that and going about your day and, and seeing if that really is the answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll like to add to that too, where a lot of times we... And whether the Bible is your thing or some other form of spiritual uh, practice is your thing. Um, yeah, that's not what this is about. It, it's about whatever your thing is, um, having a true relationship with it as opposed to just seeing what you can get out of it. Um, and what I was getting at was we're pretty damn arrogant um, and this is a generalization, and I'm not talking about anybody that doesn't include me as well, but we're arrogant enough to think that we know what is good and what is bad, um, to be able to read into events and assign meaning to them. And so it's like, if you're praying for abundance or whatever the case may be, and you got what you thought was a lack of abundance, right? Well, it's like, well, maybe, maybe your message is that you need to completely bankrupt this part of your life so that you can move the fuck on because you keep holding on to this. Yes. There's right? abundance further down. The there's road. abundance further down the road. This is what's keeping you from abundance, but whatever the case may be. But in other words, we, we're, we're pretty arrogant um, in our, in our uh, self-assessment and knowing what it is we need and, and what it is we, um, we want. Right. Which is like, that's where a lot of times we pray for what we want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And if the, in my mind, like if, if your want isn't an answer or clarification, then it's like, you might be barking down the wrong tree. Right. Um, I, remember, <laughs> I remember talking to somebody about the Bible and we were, um, it wasn't really an argument or a disagreement. It was just, I think there was a lack of cohesion as far as what each other meant when we used words. Yes. Right. And, um, and finally he's just like, well, do you not believe in the Bible? I was like, no, absolutely. I believe in the Bible, but I'll tell you what, I don't believe everybody who interprets the Bible and then tries to tell me what it means. I, yes. That's no, I, it's so Human error. exactly, exactly. Um, and gosh, I can't remember what else this applies to. Um, I had a pretty good analogy. I lost it. Oh, well. Um, it was actually like a, a funny thing, speaking of like the words and and specifically reading in a certain way and then also looking for answers wherever they may be. Um, before my fight, I wrote out my winner speech, what I was going to say when I got interviewed. <laughs> and I wrote a whole speech and, and in it I had um, like, well, this fight means like, or I'm so excited to have won this fight. Um, the win is not what strengthens my soul. I I fight to strengthen my soul because that's what brings me closest to Jesus or something like that. But I don't have it memorized anymore. But <laughs> for days I deliberated on whether I should write what brings me close to God or what brings me close to Jesus. And then it was funny because after the fight, when I didn't give to give that speech, but we came in here and you just started ranting <laughs> about people being specific and like requiring that you use these certain words. Yeah. I think it was actually this exact scenario, God or Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it was funny because I prayed about it before the fight. Like I have to write Jesus because it's Jesus that saves you. 
And then I came in here after my fight, after I didn't get to give that speech, and you started going off on how ridiculous it is that we must be so specific about these words. And <laughs> I was, it was just like a slap in the face of, it's not the words that matter, it's the intent. It's like the meaning of what you're saying that matters. Don't get so hung up on this, this little itty bitty thing. When it, just make it relatable. It yeah, it seems to me relatable. like we have that soul and that Holy Spirit because there is uh, like uh, there is a high likelihood of people a misinterpreting the word or b uh, manipulating the word right there's two very different fucking things right but there is a high probability of that and it doesn't matter if the person has the best intentions in the world that's 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 sharing the Bible with you or the worst intentions in the world it's very important that you have an internal system that is able to, not, I don't want to say block out, block things out, but at least be able to send a warning signal like, eh, you might want to ask a question. Yeah. Right. And then time after time, when we ask questions, people that, that aren't, um, I don't want to say, hmm, pick a good word here. I don't want to say that they aren't sure that they actually believe everything that they're, that they're touting. But they certainly don't want to be asked difficult questions. And and these questions don't even have to be difficult if you didn't see them as sacrilege. Yes. Right. Well, think of our culture right now. It's the same exact thing. Like you wonder all the time how people can go down these crazy rabbit holes, like or not rabbit holes, but like our culture is just insane. I think we can all agree on that. And so much of it comes because you're not even allowed to question things anymore. And if you do question things, you get labeled a conspiracy theorist and like it's the same in Christianity as it is in our daily life. Like you have to question things in order to know what you really believe, or you might find those points in time when you're being a hypocrite. And I feel like that's a lot of, a lot of where we're at in life. It's like just a lot of people walk around being hypocrites, but it's not even on purpose. It's just, yeah, they don't question things. They're not allowed to question things. If you question it, you're evil, you're bad, you're wrong. Yeah. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Just keep going. Yep. Yep. Just keep on going. Yeah. Just keep on going. Keeps saying these things over and over and over, and <laughs> maybe one day they'll be true. Yeah, and these are very sensitive matters to people. Like they're, you know, they're very sensitive. People hold it close to the vest, and it's a like any relationship with God, um, you know, is is very. In my opinion, I don't see how anyone or anything should get in the way of that. In between that, right? Even if you're praying incorrectly, something like that. It's like for me, I'm the type of person who's like, I need to get that message from God, not you. Yes. Right. I don't need you who just met me three days ago to tell me I'm praying wrong. Right. Um, and, uh, and this is a specific example, but I'm not picking on anybody specific and I don't, don't have any animosity towards, you know, uh, the people in that conversation. But it's it's uh, it's one of those. It's like. We have to be able to look at our own dissonance, you know, it's like if we're talking 20 minutes ago about how there is no difference between the Holy Trinity. Like it's all the same thing. Right. And then, and then 10 minutes later, it's just like, well, you didn't say the right word. It's like, well, what the shit? Right. Um, let's just think for ourselves for a minute. Let's just use our head for a minute. It's like, are we encouraging the right or wrong thing in this situation? Right. right. Are we asking the right questions in this situation? Right. Um, so yeah, I just find that, I find that really poignant because even the people that take their spirituality seriously, seem to have a strange way of being dogmatic and 
I want to say overly rigid about something that is nothing but love. Yes. It's just 100% unconditional love. Well, and I think a lot of that probably comes like, in order to believe in God, you do have to have a very high level of faith. Uh-huh. And a lot of times I feel like we think that in order to have faith, you can't possibly, like, there can be no doubt. There can be no... No questions. No questions. No questions. At all. Yeah. It's even the same thing. This is actually something I struggled with before my fight is anytime I feel any lack of confidence, then I'm, I've always heard like you have to be confident in order to win. So then when I have any thought creep in of like, oh, well, what if this happens? Then I'm like, crap, I'm not confident. I'm going to lose. <laughs> and so instead of like acknowledging those fears and dealing with them and trying to solve them, you just block it out. You're like, I don't have those fears. Don't have those fears. That's not real. I am confident. And it's the same thing in your faith. Like those questions come in instead of like you're afraid of what might happen if you let them in and you actually acknowledge it and question and solve it. Well, then what if all of my faith work is gone? What if it's done? Yeah. So instead you just block it out and you're like, nope, this is the way it is. I'm confident in my faith. Yeah. And but in reality, in order to grow your faith, you have to let those questions in, solve them. And then move to the next problem. And that's yeah. how it grows. And it's the same as your confidence in fighting. If you acknowledge that you have a fear, then you can work to overcome that fear. And then it no longer becomes a problem. But if you just block it out, then it's constantly butting in. And you're spending more time working on keeping that out than actually advancing. Right. Yeah. It keeps us in this like fear loop, this fear trap. It's yeah. like, oh, I don't believe good enough. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm not enough. And that yeah. goes into people's false course anyway. Yeah. And that's... Um, yeah, we talked a lot about that false cores and stuff. And it's, it's funny when you talk, bring that stuff up. A lot of times people get like, well, where, where, where's this coming from? Right. And you tell them where it's coming from. And they're like, well, I don't know what I think about that system and everything. And so it's, like, it's not about the fucking system. It's the message. Right. Um, and if we would just kind of look into what everybody has to say, take the good, leave the bad. Um, then maybe we'd be a little bit better off. Have you ever prayed and asked God a question that you didn't understand about his word? Yes. Did he ever get mad at you for asking? No. Weird. In fact, I just, <laughs> do you get, I just answers? get answers. Like, Weird. Oh, like, do, do they, does it feel like a loving answer? Or, or, no question, you get no answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah ask no like, questions, you'll get no lies. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so t- yeah, like what's it like for you when you, because I know personally I've done the same, which is why I was so, I was so dumbfounded by the question. You know, it was like, huh, I've never been led to believe that I was praying to the wrong thing. Like, what the hell? Right. Um, but yeah, so like I don't know about you, but I get like a, a very warm, loving, compassionate response, which yeah. one could say, oh, that's just you answering yourself. But like, uh, that's not my baseline. I go there. Right. But that's not my baseline response to stuff. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know there was one time like I prayed and got like an answer that was clearly very loving. Like I came across the part in the Bible where he talks about I am and you always hear like God is referred to as the great I am. And I'm like, okay, clearly this has some significance, but I don't understand why you call yourself I am. And then later in the day, like I listened to a podcast where, and it's not a Christian podcast where they talked about how it's a godly principle to say I am. And then you declare like I am, which also goes back to like a sports principle. Like, like you have to know who you are um, or like your, what are those? mantras like mm-hmm. i am successful i yeah, am yeah, strong yeah, yeah, yeah. i am that well it's a godly principle like god said i am that's who he is so when you say i am strong like that is a godly thing that you're doing i am this or if you say i am weak that is also weak but that was just an answer i got that i don't know it it, it was 
again, looking for those miracles. Like it was a miracle to have heard that on the same exact day that I prayed about it. And like, that's not a thing that gets talked about often, yeah. especially not on a biblical podcast. Like it was just, a, yeah, you're allowed to question be like, why would you call yourself that? That sounds stupid. I don't even understand that. Yeah. And then I got a loving answer back of this is why, and this is why it's important to you. I think it takes a lot of faith to believe that there was once absolute and absolute nothingness and something they can't explain caused in an instant everything from the same community that can't even explain gravity. I think that takes a lot of faith (laughs) and, um, and where, how it's not a religion is lost on me. It's a complete atheist religion. It is. You know, science. It, it, nothing against science. Oh, that's what I was going to, when I said, I, oh, I trust the Bible implicitly. Like, I, in, implicitly, explicitly, I trust it. Like, that, that book, like, you, just get a hold of what's in that book. You'll be fine. But I don't always trust whoever's delivering the message. Yes. I don't think they're nefarious or anything like that. I just, they're man, and they have ego, and they have false cores, and they have core motivations, and they have things that they're not willing to feel. And so all of that's in play when they're delivering the message to me. And I just take it with a grain of salt. You're, you're not telling me what the Bible says. You're telling me what the Bible says to you, yes. which is cool. And I appreciate you sharing that with me, right? But it says something different to me. Maybe one particular verse or one particular passage or one particular um, book. But that's cool. It can say different things to us. But it says this. The Bible says this. This is where we get twisted. This is where we get twisted. Like you said, it's got to be contextual. Yeah. But same with science. Same with science. I trust science 100%. I trust the science 100%. I just don't trust these scientists as a generalization. Yes. Because they are people with false cores, core motivations, biggest fears, things right. they're not willing to feel. And they tell me everything through the lens of that. And their fear of failure and all Yes, that. yes. And so if we look at everything, it's like we can't look at uh, science and say science is all bad because, well, if you look at the scientific method, it's the best method there is. But people take the scientific method to manip- and use it to manipulate people. Well, I mean, where is that not in play? Anywhere you get people's man's hand in it, there's going to be a manipulation. And there's going to be people trying to use it to keep you in a position that, that's better for them. You okay. know? Whether it be the Bible, whether it be the Quran, whether that be Taoism um, uh, uh, or Buddhism or Hinduism, you name it. Like the, the, It's all been intercepted by man. Um, and one could reasonably argue that things like Buddhism, Taoism, um, you know, it'd be a great opportunity to just tell people, you know, what happens here doesn't freaking matter. Um, it's all about the afterlife. All you got to do is just ohm and be a good little servant and you'll you'll seek nirvana. Like, that's a good argument that that might not have been the original message, right? It's like, there's no God in your book. Why is that, right? Um, so that being said, it's like everything should be taken um, and this isn't to say that the word isn't, isn't even literal. That's not to say that, but let's, let's look at the essence of things on top of the objective message. Yes. Right. Yes. The essence behind it. Um, intentions matter. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's where like, uh, like you mentioned earlier about how someone's personality. So let's take like the, the super enthusiastic, um, uh, uh, theologist, theolo- theologian. Um, but that person has a personality type that can't be wrong, uh, has to be perfect, and has to fix people. That's their base personality. And that's the one God gave them. Right. Right. 
that's their base personality. Now, just by you asking a question, you've just sparked their, their uh, biggest fear. Being wrong. Right. Being wrong. Yeah, yeah. Or that there's something wrong with them and, or what they believe or you, right. you name it, right? It's all, all falls under that umbrella. So that's a good example of how a well-meaning person who might be super knowledgeable in a state of stress because they've been called out on their shit, they think, even mm -hmm. though you might not be. You're just asking a question. Right. Um, and that's how the word can get, in my, in my opinion, misrepresented. Yes. Right. Well, and I think a huge way to take like the error out of that is someone with that personality type who can't be wrong thinking like when they get questioned instead of their ego taking over and being like, how dare you question me being like, well, I better double down and really make sure I'm right on this. Like yeah. I can't be wrong. So I need to like do research, make sure I'm actually right. And just being aware that their ego would maybe push them to that point of how dare you question me. And if they start to feel themselves going there, being able to be like, Oh wait, instead of doing that, how about I just actually confirm? How about I just actually make sure. Yeah do the questioning, do the work, and then their personality type becomes a benefit instead of a hindrance. Yeah, yeah. And Derek, have you ever experienced like your personality being both a benefit and a hindrance? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Serving and disserving all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anecdotally, mine is like, uh, Derek and I have the same personality type, but like uh, what gets me in trouble is anger or frustration impatience See. right and so that's really good for getting shit done yes right um but not always the best when a softer touch is necessary right right um to preserve or carry a situation yeah and really like how difficult is it to really realize that there's multiple ways to handle any situation sure i mean Can be hard when you've been doing one thing one way for so long yeah you know, yeah once you've done it for so long and we're just innately uh, it's worked in the past and it's what served me in the past so it's what i do i add this pattern. part you know like, yeah. oh you're angry it's like yeah well that's just me i'm just angry yeah it's like yeah or do you just choose to be angry about it because you're just angry about it forever and your boss passed you up on, you know, a promotion, gave it to the guy who didn't deserve it, quote unquote, didn't deserve it like you did. Yeah. And now you just stayed angry for the next 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just what I do. Right. Yeah. It's just who I am. I vote all blue or I vote all red. That's just, right. that's just what I do. You guys have following the elections at all? Yes. Darren, have you? <laughs> no. Uh, I like to follow the conspiracies around the election. <laughs> follow the election. That's way more fun than the election. Yeah. And actually, it's not as confusing. Was, uh, when, you, when, you, when you're paying attention to the conspiracy theories around elections and whatnot, it all makes perfect sense. But when you're watching it, not knowing, you're I, like, that's weird. I don't feel like there was, it doesn't seem to me like there was probably a ton of shenanigans, but what I do feel like, the conspiracy you guys said conspiracy so now i gotta go down this gotta road. Go there. i feel like what they're trying to do like every state has their own way of counting votes and that's good and you want that so that there's no one point of failure which would be the federal government if they were to take over but so like arizona taking forever to get the count out and like it just being chaos in all these states right now um i think that they want the chaos so that they can create a 
no, like, so that people cry out for, we need the federal government to take over the election yeah. process, and who wants that? What about, do you think, me? <laughs> what about this? What about them softening us up? Like, just getting fucking used to election results, either being in a day or in a month, and just, I don't know about you, but I think it's really fucking weird that the Secretary of State in charge of the elections is also running Oh my gosh. for governor. That is insane. Did you know that one? Katie Hobbs in Arizona. Katie Hobbs in Arizona. She oversees the election process. And she did not recuse herself. And she did not debate. And she did not campaign. And she's winning the election over probably one of the most popular candidates. One of the... Like, there's very few. Could you tell me who, who was running for governor in Georgia? No. I actually don't think I could either. Right. Everybody knew who was running for governor in Arizona. Yes. It was like, it was, it was. Uh, the one that gets me, and I don't even like to get into all the miscounting and, you know, all the shit that happened in the previous, uh, in the actual presidential election. Everyone's saying this and that. It just turns into a fucking clickbait argument uh, that's not even worth having. But, um, I have seen a couple people posting like, oh, weird that this person got no votes on the ballot, but I know who I voted for. Oh. They literally have 0.0%. Where was it? Was it Pennsylvania, Connecticut? Someone fact check me on this one. Um, they elected, uh, they re-elected a, a, dead, a dead guy. Yeah. Which, he died in October and they re-elected him. I'm wondering, I need to look <laughs> it up, but it was for a judgeship, right? think it was in which case like on our ballots i know there's sections where it just says vote to keep the incumbent in and that's like it has the name of the incumbent but it's just there's only one person there that and it's it. just and i'm kind of guessing that's what happened because also people don't even but still you think about low knowledge voting yeah oh yeah when your judges i mean i'm pretty sure that was on the local news when dude died right you know <laughs> they're like well and why would you even be put on the you have a dead guy. Why is he, why is he on, on the, the fucking ballot? ballot? Why is he on the ballot? That's all right, though. I mean, he's, oh my gosh. Fetterman, that's all I can think of now. He's Fetterman. dead, but he's just almost dead. No, Whatever. Like that's, are you punking us? I like, thought after Joe Biden, I was like, there's no way that people see that and are like, yes, we should do that again. I was like wrong. 80 year old dudes. Or stroke victims. Like, stroke. again, it's sad, but dude, you can't talk. How are we supposed to be in a delivery? Right, body? right. It's like it's like someone with two prosthetic legs trying out for a professional soccer team. Right. And again, this isn't, this isn't, yeah, guys, this isn't ableism. Like, this is just making an analogy that would seem completely obvious. But he tries out for Barcelona, Spain, Barcelona soccer team. They're probably be like, yeah, it's not going to work. You know, well, I'm the most, I'm the, I'm the best freaking, uh, you know, uh, disabled or, or other enabled, um, soccer player in the world. It's like, yeah, awesome. But the job requirements are X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, and if you can't like, you might be good at the job. You're just not good at talking, but fuck, you had to talk to get hired. Right. I'm just, I'm so confused by that. I even understand if you're a Democrat and you cannot vote for a conservative Republican, whatever. I even get that. Maybe don't vote then. Like, you're, but you're going to vote for someone. Like, that is a vote. vote Not voting is things. a vote. And my goodness gracious, don't vote for someone who can't talk. Or understand language. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, it's bizarre. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, either they've always been honest and fair, and including this, 
or they've never been honest and fair, including this. They are so freaking comfortable with all the bullshit and not explaining it. It's like, well, what? I think going back to question, how do you not, too, how like, do you not debate? How do you not debate? How is that allowed? Right. How is that not a, a requirement? How do people not cry out for that? Like, I'd like to know uh, what people I'm voting for believe in. <laughs> like, Isn't yeah. that what we're voting for? We're just like constantly told that you're not allowed to question. Is. Don't question. Don't question. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a... Something. Seems to be a common theme. Yes. Yeah. Seems to be a common theme. That might be the theme of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's important question to question every... things. Yeah. Question it all. Question it all. What else do you want to question? Running out of ideas. What do you want to question, Rick? I kind of I thought I'm I the vaporizer going here. This, uh, I thought I wouldn't talk at all in this. All podcast. we have to do is turn the camera around and Lauren Lauren starts go. talking. I just go. That's, That's what so it takes. In my brain. That's what it takes. It's like a dog looking at you, and then when you point the camera at it, it just looks away. Yes. Walks away. Well, I kind of, Derek's usually the talker, and I just sort of took took this over. Just going for it. That's good. Derek didn't talk about it. <laughs> um, Derek, do you think you want to bring up? I'm much more interested in the topics you were talking about. Not that I'm uninterested. In it. I just am not as well-versed in vital as you guys are. More interested in like the way the Bible gets gets uh, utilized by people, right? Right, and people like, are definitely the fascinating uh, people, part. Yeah, the Bible just has the it's answer. It's funny. Us, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's funny that you can like you know be religious, be Christian, or be or, you know whatever you are, but then like for me, like I get more out of being religious, not being out of church, which some people are just, you know, at home gasping because you have to go to church and you have to be with the body of Christ and all this shit. And it's like, yeah, but like sometimes that's the worst part of it is the people and the people take away from, uh, take away from it. Um, We think we're all so different. There's not one way to do everything. No, for sure. Well, it, and I pray, you know, I pray three times a day. It's one of my habits, like, and uh, and this isn't a, this definitely isn't a, like a beat that type of thing, not at all. <laughs> but what I'm, what I'm getting at is that uh, I've never once been told in my prayers or asked, why aren't you in church? So, and nothing against church. I'm not saying there's anything against oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not but, saying that either. I'm but it's like, do we... That it doesn't also enhance it, but... Are, yeah. are we focusing on the right things? Right. Yeah. And then are we surrounding ourselves by people, you know, with other people because, you know, we're always the sum of the people that we're hanging out with. So if we're hanging out with people that are doing something in a way that you feel like subtracts, then you may also be distracting for other people. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I think, I don't know, at the end of the day, uh, you're going to do more good than harm trying to share the word with people. Yes. Right. Even if you're doing it in an, in a um, in a way that might be misinterpreting, because we all misinterpret words, we all misinterpret what's going on in our heart. Um, it's just a shame we got to use words to communicate, which is a big part of me that believes. I don't think that's the case, but well, that's a different that's podcast. Why it's your actions that are much more important than your words, anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. If you read the Bible, it should change something in you. Or right. you know, if you really do any of the inner work, it should change something in you. Right. And your actions should be able to clarify your words, I guess. We all still talk with stuff to communicate, but your the way you behave should be able to clarify yes. your words. Yes. And we all live by the Bible's code, whether we know it or not. You know, I mean, ask anybody, ask anybody uh, you know, if they have a sense of right and wrong, and they'll say yes. And you ask them where it came from right they may not know or they might explicitly know or whatever but you know even the people that swear swear to jesus pardon the pun that that it's their moral code does not come from the bible right it's like oh do you think it's okay to kill people no right where does that come from right Why <laughs> you know, should you go cheat on your husband or your wife well no where did that come from right um i guess that answer would be you should respect your parents yeah yeah should you mutilate the genitals of a child <laughs> that uh, one that wasn't one in the Bible, like, was it? That one seems iffy, though. We can't, yeah, we can't all agree. Yeah, that, that is one. weird. That's weird. Yeah, a seven-year-old obviously fucking knows that they want to have kids later in life. Yeah, you know. Totally. Um, and puberty blockers—they aren't going. It's—it's just a hitting the pause button. You know, messing with someone's entire There's hormone. No program. other side effects. There's no other side effects, and and don't pay attention to all those those um reports of those women that have been on birth control for a long time and, and what it's done for them and you know there's just no correlation no correlation safe um, and effective safe Pretty and good. effective yeah. those antidepressants don't pay attention to the fact that three quarters of the suicides people were on antidepressants yeah. it would have been a hundred percent if it weren't for the don't antidepressants listen to the ads when they go over the side effects and one of them is suicide or depression yeah 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 no, safe and effective. Maybe you to also take more medications <laughs> yeah. to deal with the side effects. And don't, don't pay attention to the ear. fact that if you just switch your diet and lifestyle and pay attention to what's going on between your ears, uh, that there's zero side effects to that. Yeah, there might be some, but they're all good. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I should say that. Yeah, yeah, there will be a lot of side, side effects. Side effects are happiness, yeah, understanding, exactly. fulfillment. Exactly, exactly. You have to do a commercial like that for you with like someone frolicking. Oh my show. God! Which side effects include happiness, fulfillment. Oh my God! Did you see SNL? Did you see SNL just did a fucking, um, just did a, a skit on, on COVID? Uh -oh. It was like a pharmacy commercial. Um, oh, dude. Well, wait, was that It was hilarious. Oh, no. Something you're allowed to do now? It was hilarious. Well, yeah, because because COVID's not the hot button now. It's, what is it? What do we move on to? Elections? Oh, my gosh. This We're is... even over Ukraine. We passed the Ukraine right, bridge a long time ago. Right it's kind of like COVID where it's like, oh, we're going to make a big deal out of like the... Uh, dang it. Oh, who bombed the pipeline? I don't know who that was, but it's a great opportunity for America. Oh, it was Russia. Oh, Wait. it's, it's a great opportunity for America, but it was Russia. Got it. Okay, let me let me write this fucking down. This is something that drives me crazy is how fast conspiracy theories change. So, like, the people who were COVID deniers or whatever, I guess we were called, are no longer conspiracy theorists, but we were. So now, if we were to say something about it, they'd be like, we never said, you weren't a conspiracy theorist. You were joking. What? what are we what? talking about? No, that's common that's knowledge. Thing, like, I posted something about the World Economic Forum being a conspiracy theory, and a bunch of people commented saying, it's not a conspiracy theory, it's a real thing. And I'm like, yeah, you're willing to admit that now, but when, like, two years ago when we were saying, Economic Forum, Great Reset, hey, let's pay attention, you were all like, oh, you're crazy. And yeah, now yeah. that it's actually happening, no, it's, it, you weren't crazy. It's happening. Yeah, it's yeah. Just that it's actually, happening. there was a guy, there was a guy on... Um, 
Oh gosh. Don't shut me down. Spotify and YouTube for if I get this wrong. Okay. I'm trying my best. I want to say it was MSNBC. Uh, but he was like some election expert or something like that. And uh, they were asking him about, you know, the extremists and, you know, with the upcoming elections. And he was saying about all the conspiracies that are being spread around, like there's this, uh, this push for a one world government trying to take all your freedom away. And I was like, there's a fucking commercial all over YouTube. Let me send it to you really quick. The, this part right here where they say you will own nothing and like it. Borders will be a thing of the past. Like what else do you need, bro? Um, I think even the term one world government came in there. Um, check this out. We're going to dive into the greatest literary works that transcend time. I'm your personal guide. I read every one of. Are you feeling tired and worn down? Sick of the endless grind at work? Exhausted by your family, desperate for some peace and quiet? Then ask your doctor about COVID. By simply getting COVID, you're guaranteed a five and sometimes even 10 day vacation from all of life's problems. I needed a break, just some time away from everyone. So my doctor suggested I get COVID and it was the greatest week of my life. All I wanted was to sit on the good part of the couch and watch the Netflix I want to watch. And I was finally able to, thanks to COVID. At first I was worried about getting COVID, but my doctor assured me it's fine now. I'm triple back. I'm triple back. Side effects of COVID include having COVID, which is still kind of bad, but doesn't it seem different now? I definitely got sick. <laughs> but I also got paid for 10 days to never leave a blanket. Plus, I got a great story I could tell people at work. It was like I had a bad cold for three days. <laughs> and of course, I had to isolate from my three kids because I didn't want to get them sick. But uh, what do they eat? I gave it 14 days to be extra safe. And for an extra beat, we'll knock out the Wi-Fi near your house so you can't do any Zooms. Oh, well, too bad. COVID is the perfect way to get out of jury duty, cousin's wedding, friend's improv show, neighbor's adult baptism, and husband's murder trial. At this point, COVID is basically a 10-day cruise, which is also a great way to get COVID. COVID isn't for everyone. That's why there's also new COVID always positive home test. <laughs> <laughs> two pink lines already drawn on. Uh, again? But you just had it a week ago. Please don't do this to me. COVID. Because sometimes the only way to get mentally healthy is to get physically sick. And sure, there might be long-term memory problems, but that would honestly be amazing because there's so much I want to forget. My brain's already really bad. If it gets 10% worse, but I don't have to talk to a single person for a week, I'll take that deal in a horse beat. You mean a heartbeat. <laughs> Either way. Thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. I think I'll get COVID again. Today. COVID. Go ahead. You deserve a break. So that's like equally funny, but it's like, it kind of pisses me off because it's like, it, it just obviously shows how many how many people didn't oops who, how many people didn't fucking buy into it oh yeah and but here we are well and it's that whole i know everybody's talked about this like on every podcast but um the article that came out where it said that we need uh covid uh forgiveness or whatever the people oh amnesty amnesty oh yes, yeah amnesty like and in that whole article she just keeps saying how we just didn't know and it's like well it seems like there were a lot of us that freaking knew oh 
Oh, From the get go, I did a TikTok still, over that. It still blew my mind. So mad. Like, so many so people that you, uh, what's your that like you never thought would just run out and get the vaccine, but they were so pressured. Like there was so much pressure from media and employers and like all these different people. And they get mad at you when you disagree. Right. And it's like, Hey, like, and I wasn't even saying, Hey, don't get vaxxed and boosted and do all this shit. It's like, Hey, why don't we like, I don't know. Maybe we just sit back for a minute and see like what's actually going to happen. Well, old people are dying. It's like, yeah, with three plus comorbidities that were half in the hospital before they even got sick. Tell them to fucking jog or something. Right. Tell them to walk outside in the sun three days a week. Like, I don't fucking know, but maybe like, don't get go out and get stabbed over this thing that doesn't even really get anyone that sick and we can all recover from it. Like, literally with no medication because there was none. Yeah. You know, there was some, but you weren't allowed to take it. Right. Yeah. Because if you and did And if you that, did take it and work, and it worked, then it's horse deworming. Yes. But if you're taking it... And it was only prescribed, what's the number of pills? Some billion. billion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some number of billions like of on the, pills. It's on um, like the WHO's list of essential drugs. Can I confess something on One this podcast One of the most here? prescribed medications I know, in the history of I horse dewormer before it was cool, okay, when I came back from Costa Rica. So did I, because I, I heard it get you high. Oh. <laughs> So my dad is going to Costa Rica, and he got a worm, and he came back, and he realized that the prescription that the doctor was going to give him was, like, we have horses, and the prescription is ivermectin, which is literally what the horse dewormer is, so my dad was like, ah, I'll just take some horse dewormer, and then he took me to Costa Rica, and I came back, and just as a precaution, I came back, and I took some actual horse dewormer years before COVID ever happened. Years before it was cool. So when that whole thing happened, I was just dying inside because I was like, I did this before it was cool. Yeah, and so, and like, here's another thing nobody's talking about. What about those fucking pet companies that are making that drug and selling it for off-label use without a prescription? Because that drug was not developed for horse worms, was it? I think it was like, uh, it's an antiparasitic for yes. humans. Yeah. So whoever owns the those companies that produces those pet products, they should be thrown in jail because people are endangering themselves because they are selling it off label without a prescription. Yeah. So us to get pet prescriptions, I guess that's the solution to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we need to throw those people in jail. You know, they don't sell horse or they don't sell. Um, uh, bull testosterone off the shelf for your bull, do they? No, you got to go to vet and get it. You know, <laughs> if it's fucking dangerous, it's fucking dangerous. Right. We need to stop this. People are going to die. People are going to die. What they need is a ventilator and some remdesivir. That's the only way to save you. That's the only way to save you, even though it kills most people. And got it? We can acknowledge that now. Yes. Yes, that's got it. Now. That is allowed. Right. It is it's always been true. <laughs> it's always been true. But now it's like, Super true. And now the same people who were somehow magically right about COVID because it was common sense, but let's just pretend that it was magical, like they seem to think. Um, and there was no way we could have known. How did you know? Did. Those same people who magically knew, maybe you should listen to us on some of the other things we say. Right, because we're too. magically knowing things yeah. now. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's why it was such a mystery. Because things we said while we were just in we were only in the dark because you wouldn't let us speak. You silenced us. You told everybody we were crazy and that we were mad. Fact check that. <laughs> so that's the answer. That's why we were in the dark. 
It's not because the truth just wasn't out there. Is this so conflicting? It's because we wouldn't let it be out. And we would. Oh, we would repeat it. I'll never forget when David Icke got pulled off of YouTube. That's when I started digging. When he was doing a YouTube live with Brian Rose, and he was saying basically everything that's known to be true now. They're gonna re- they're gonna have a vaccine that's gonna be rushed to market. They're gonna require it. Blah blah blah. It's gonna kill people. The whole nine yards. And they fucking ripped that down. What do you have? Like twenty million views or something like that. And they fucking ripped it down midstream. 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 They ripped that shit down. And then they changed and the definition of vaccine. They changed the definition of vaccine. What else? Herd immunity. Um, I know there were others too, but I can't remember all the ones they changed the definition. They changed of. the definition of vaccine, herd immunity. Um, what else? Damn. Even if I used to have this shit memorized. That in and of itself should terrify everyone. If yeah. they're willing to change definitions, like there is. Again, it's been said a million times. There's no difference between that and 1984. Like it's it's the same thing. That's exactly what they did in 1984. They wouldn't change the book. They changed the words. Right there. They started getting rid of words, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Yes. Let's see, this is so funny. I'm gonna pick on this right now. This is the part where people get triggered and change the channel. <laughs> I feel like we might have started that a while ago. This is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible. I'm gonna find something something talk about my inner child or something. Um, <laughs> definition of a vaccine recently changed. A pre- preparation that is ministered as by injection. That has changed because it didn't used to say that. As a matter of fact, I did a post on it this summer. Um, preparation that is ministered as by injection to stimulate the body's immune response against a specific infectious agent or disease. Um, it used to said that it was to stop, like not just to protect, it was to stop, right? Yes, yes. But not only that, but they, they changed it to a more innocuous term, which was, uh, it didn't say anything about injection. So any preparation, any anything that prepare, a preparation uh, for the body to withstand uh, a pathogenic invader or something like that, which matches natural immunity. Yeah. Right? And um, what is the definition of panacea? Yeah, this whole COVID thing made me an anti-vaxxer. Oh, I know. I like, I, w- I was like, do it, do your thing. My kids are fully vaccinated. I wish I wouldn't have done it, but yeah, I was iffy on it. Like, I was borderline anti-vaxxer. Like, not fully anti-vaxxer. Obviously, I feel like. We did get rid of polio and mumps and all that stuff, and that's important and it's really good. But I do feel like also vaccines used to be maybe a little bit more clean than they are now, and now they're just like throwing stuff in there. Like, what can we get in there? Yeah, there's so many, so there's so many things. It's like the good and the bad, right? And it's like um, there's arguments on both sides, right? There's arguments that it eradicated measles and um, malaria, polio, and all that stuff. But then the other side of the argument is too is like that all coincided with with an increase in sanitation, right? So it's like, right. I didn't and think about that. You can't really do a study. They can't do. They you can't do study, quote unquote, double blind studies on vaccines because to give somebody a, a placebo, but they're still exposed to the virus, like you know, in the natural right. world, that would be unethical. 
but not having any liability whatsoever, which is a thing. If you guys think that's bullshit, it is a thing. So uh -huh. when your employer tells you you need to get anything for to retain your job, just make sure you find clearly, concisely, and in writing who the fuck is liable if you were to get injured. And since the you know, the government kind of is the only thing that will pay you anything, but the manufacturer of the pharmaceutical will not compensate you. Should you die? Should you be maimed? Should you be put in a position where you cannot work ever again? So just keep that in mind. And if you're willing to do that for the greater good, I'm not here to tell you not to. Um, so there's that. And, and then this is the one I can't get over is the there's adjuvants in the vaccine, which are liquid metals, and it's meant to spark inflammation. So your body has an immune response, blah, blah, blah. On paper, it sounds great. But the thing is, is like there is no long term studies on the on the uh, the effects of those adjuvants in your body. There is no study. Now, there is a limit on the amount of liquid metal nanoparticles they can put in a vacuum. No, that's not a conspiracy theory term. It's what's in there um, that they're allowed to put in the in each vaccine. I think it's like five micrograms or something like that. And so but the thing they don't. So th there's a limit tells you don't put more than this in it. Why? Because more than that would be dangerous. Cool. Gotcha. Five is the number. There is no limit on the number that they can put into your body at one time. So when my son was four months old, I had to watch him get eight vaccines in a row. Like each one of those had five micrograms of that liquid metal nano nanoparticle in it. Now, if five is the max I can put into one, why can I put as many as I want into my body when nobody is liable? Yeah. And these are the questions that nobody wants to address, right? It makes you, it makes you uh, a science denier. A science denier. That's yeah. exactly it. Which, which is like the same as if you tell a Christian, I don't believe in the Bible. Yeah. Right. Um, Paul Czech has a great saying. He says, if you want to see the devil, just question Jesus. Right. And I didn't get it when he first said it. The whole class started laughing. I was like, I don't fucking get it. <laughs> and they're like, just question Jesus in front of somebody that hasn't thought outside of outside of your questions. It's like, oh, OK, I get it. Um, and that's nothing against Jesus at all. Like I pray to Jesus every day. That's not what I'm saying when I say that. Um, what it is is saying is I don't see how science is not. Oh, at this point, definitely is. Yeah. The whole point of science is to question everything and to constantly question everything there is no such thing as settled science it's supposed to be constantly resettling it every day to make right. sure that you have the most perfect thing right and there's no way on earth that we're done did you it's, see the? did you see the um joe rogan's latest podcast with uh with uh graham hancock on it uh, i haven't oh he goes off about that oh i'm really excited oh yeah um so basically, they him and this other guy forget major type five. Um, they were on, and they have all these pretty pretty hard to argue with theories about the age of some of the ancient um, monuments, like the the ground serpent and the pyramids and and all that stuff. And and like they're basically like saying, like, look, there's no proof these were used for tombs. You guys saying they're used for tombs, but then they have all these different, like, um, like scalable size relationships with the pyramid and in relation to the size of the earth. And these are loaded, by the way, um, the size of the earth and uh, and um, 
like where they were located at and like I'm totally butchering this because I just listened to it yesterday, so none of it sunk in. But um <laughs> hey, when I do that, I'm like, I know this, I can I start just, to fuck, I just can't like, I, go on the rant. Like, oh, I gotta use words. Apparently I don't know. Yeah, I gotta yeah. Yeah, I know the essence of what it is. Exactly. The essence. The essence. <laughs> <laughs> that Mistiness. Um, but basically, and, 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 and what he said was that you've got all these people that have made a living and an identity pumping a certain theory into universities and lecture halls. And basically, if what they say is true, and they have a really compelling argument, course that's how it is when you're listening to someone who's really smart and you don't know anything about it right. and they're really confident <laughs> Man, it's super really duper smart. fucking compelling it has to be right. right i mean look i mean that explains dr fauci yes. um and so so of course it was compelling but but basically he was saying you know if they were to like actually take this research to heart that uh that it would totally throw everything on its face right right and so, like you said, science is about posing a question, right? Having a hypothesis, testing your hypothesis, seeing if you're, you know, noting your conclusion and seeing if it's repeatable. Yes. And have your peers review it. And then continuing to do that. Exactly. Forever. Exactly. New evidence and contrary yeah. science. And so and these guys, exactly. So these guys have closed the loop on that process for this particular theory. But new information is presented, and they don't want to reopen the loop. They can't afford to. They can't, can't afford, afford to do. Yeah, to and like he that. says, he says he's like, he's like, we are all contributors to science. And he said, he said, who are you as an academic to um, to tell us our creation story, what it, what our human our human history is all about? And it gave me goosebumps the way he said it. You know, it's just like oh, I'm excited fuck. to listen to it. Yes. Well, I didn't think about again people like who is history written by? Like I know that's another cliche the thing, but <laughs> cliches become a thing because, because they have some validity yeah, exactly. to them. And yeah, for real, like how, it's when you lose the essence of a cliche that it becomes cliche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, science is definitely a religion. If you can't question it. It's become a dogmatic religion. Yes. Um, and that's right where we're at with it. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I think uh, religion's the same way. So many people are chased away. And I know anecdotally, my personal story, I was, I was an atheist for most of my life. And I was like aggressively atheistic, right? Like I was looking for people to talk about God so we could fight. Right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, please say it again. What did you say? Right. And then I'd ask all these childish questions. Right. Meanwhile, here I am hanging on to this belief that once there was nothing and in a moment there was everything and we can't explain what caused that everything to happen. And yet our only argument against religion is where's your proof? And um, uh, and then also uh, the whole they can't explain gravity thing is just like, no, fuck, I'm not moving off the spot. So you fucking <laughs> explain gravity. It seems like it should be really simple. <laughs> Things become a cult when you're not allowed to question it. Right? That and you can't leave. And you can't leave. Yeah. You can't leave. Yep. So religion, like, I've wondered all the time, like, what makes Christianity different from other Anything, religions yeah. that are cults? Like, I believe this is the right one, but what's the difference between that and an actual cult? Um, and it is, like, the ability to question and the ability to leave. <laughs> um, yeah, so... In in life, when uh, you're gonna kill me right now, <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts are gone. <laughs> we 
we just fired up the volcano, guys. It's Saturday. We're all working on our day off. This isn't work, actually. This isn't day off. I worked this morning. That's right. I think we all work hey, today. I taught a jiu-jitsu private, so I worked for one whole hour oh, today. Yeah. I was there. We've all put in some time. We've got a <laughs> workshop in. we got some training in. So you guys got some training in. I did some I did some air squats in my underwear in the hotel room. My whole family I did, too. Nice. Yeah. Were you in Helena still this morning? We were in Helena this morning, yeah. We stayed oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. It was actually fine. It was dry. Yeah, it was dry. It was. It was. Oh, good. we didn't even tell you. Uh, so, uh, Lauren also competed in jiu-jitsu competition uh, last weekend, um, and of course, like we saw how shitty the weather was going to be, and in Montana, like you guys have never lived outside of California or something like that. Don't come to Montana, Southern California. <laughs> you won't like it here. It's terrible. Uh, and here's Nothing a story about it being, mountains. Here's a story about it being terrible. I don't know about California when you're driving in Southern California, but it's probably rains like five times a year. But in Montana, you have to plan your trips around the weather. And so we tried to do that. And uh, on Friday, we went to uh, go to Coeur d'Alene. And uh, we weren't going to go over until the morning of the tournament was Saturday. But we're like, ah, weather, we should go over Friday night. And I told Lauren to check her brackets because it's two hours away. So it's like, check your brackets. Like, if you're going at 9 o'clock in the morning, that means we have to leave here at 6. Go do a physical competition, like, 30 minutes after we arrive, at, you know, arrive into town. Potentially in a stressful, shitty weather. <clears throat> and uh, so we were driving over on Saturday, or no, on Friday night because Lauren competed on Saturday. And... Uh, we were on our way, made it about 45 minutes down the road, and we get to the highway, and the uh, state troopers are blocking off the highway. So we literally had to pull off onto the exit. As we're just getting flagged over, we had no reason why we got uh, no uh, answer to why we got flagged over. So then we pull into the gas station to ask the cop, and there was a wreck on the interstate. Oh, man, this is awesome. Like, now there was a wreck here, so then we waited for like 45 minutes. They opened the highway back, and I'm thinking like, yes, this is great. We're going to get over the pass, like just as it's getting dark. So like we'll be, uh, you know, off the pass by the time that uh, it starts to get dark. We'll actually get to drive in the light on the pass, which sucks. And uh, we get up to the top of the pass, and then they have, like, we pull up, and there's another cop literally just standing in the road, like, no car, no lights. Literally, it's an orange cone and a stop sign, and he's just standing in the lane. And so we get stopped on the top of the pass, and we had to fucking wait for an hour, over an hour. Over an hour. Because 12 semis wrecked and oh, the other side of the highway up for 33 miles. Oh. It was the fucking craziest thing to drive by because, like I said, it just got dark. Uh, lookout pass is notoriously shitty to drive in the dark. I got in a accident when I was 16 uh, popped a bunch of tires and like got hit by a semi because we were wrecking in the middle of the night and the same thing happened on the other side of the highway while we're going down uh, Dude, and, uh, Derek we could do 20 podcasts on your stories bro like this man he's got this guy's got some stories fucking terrible uh, but uh, so fucking huge tangent to a funny comment is I'm literally sitting at the top of the pass we get stopped for the second time Lauren's competing the next day, and I just looked over and I was like, "You better win!" <laughs> like, <laughs> I am 
pretty not happy, but I'm trying to stay content and like dismantle the whole situation. Uh, and, you know, tried to keep a good attitude about it, which Lauren can attest to the fact that I probably did better on this trip than when we was went this last, to Seattle. Yeah, last one? The last weekend, yeah. Uh, we went on a jiu-jitsu trip going to Seattle, and we pulled into Seattle at 5 o'clock. It was just white knuckle fucking traffic shit, you know, going from living in Montana to driving oh. eight hours to driving into a city yeah. that we never have to drive in. Like, yeah. traffic is, you know phenomenally different oh, and yeah. like we pulled in five o'clock in the afternoon on a oh, friday and it's just it's a parking lot nuts. on i-5 yeah it was yeah. insane but yeah i just looked over at lauren we're sitting there at the top of the pass it's closed it's getting dark it's like 32 degrees it's pouring rain and i just oh, looked at her like and like i she knows like i hate driving on lookout pass with any weather because i got in this accident and so i'm like more nervous there than like driving on any other part of the highway in Montana and Idaho. But uh, yeah, that was just hilarious. I was just sitting there, I looked over at her, and I was like, she's competing in three divisions the next morning. And I was like, you better win. Like, this sucks. <laughs> it took us four hours to uh, actually get to Spokane. So that's about double the time. And like about half that time, we we're just sitting on the how how disharmony how, how much disharmony were you experiencing at that time, if any? Oh, I was pretty uh, stressed out because he was doing a good job of keeping it in, <laughs> but I knew how he felt, and I was so upset. I was like, I made him do this. Just He's the look so in her eyes when you're telling the story, dude. He's so mad at me. Yeah, he was very nice to me the whole time, but I was like, he's pissed at me. He hates me. We had He's never gonna love me again. On. I kept it pretty chill. Got to listen to uh, Bo Nickel on. Uh, the Believe You Me podcast, and that was pretty cool. He just got into the UFC. He's a big time wrestler for Penn State. Uh, but after we listened to that very full interesting entire podcast, podcast. we were literally moved, sitting there. Then it got we listened to a whole podcast while we were sitting <laughs> on the interstate. Like, like I said, <laughs> we're literally that was literally the only thing I was thinking is like I've fasted now, like all day. Yeah, hungry. We're supposed to be eating by now. We're going to Texas Roadhouse. I'm going to get a huge ribeye. I'm super excited. And we've been just sitting at the top of the pass. Killed a whole podcast sitting there. It's just like, <laughs> like it's the but only like, emotion. That's so the only feeling okay. that I had uh, was just, <laughs> we're going to do all this. You better. Watch. And I did. And, and I did. she did. <laughs> she choked her girl unconscious, almost cried. Just. Most people would not have that, like, in jiu-jitsu, competition. She was competing. Part of the sport, like, you don't tap, sometimes you pass out. Or shit breaks. Yeah. Like, Tell us the story. Oh. Because we talked about it before we were recording. We haven't <laughs> talked about it since we turned, the, turned it on. Oh, it was just so awesome. So, uh, and, like, I'm cornering her during this, too. And so, this like, is the I'm last jiu-jitsu tournament last weekend. Yeah. 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 So, it just happened. Uh, and That's uh, Spokane. Yes. And, or Coeur d'Alene. Uh, but uh, Beautiful city. It's great. Yeah. So much happier when I, because she had initially said Spokane. I'm going to stay in a shit-ass motel. Like, <laughs> we're going to be over there all weekend. Like, fucking Spokane sucks. And there's just <laughs> craziness everywhere. And, like, instead, we stayed at Coeur d'Alene. Uh, she competed at NIC. So it's literally right on Coeur d'Alene Lake. Yep just gorgeous beautiful like, campus yeah it's yeah great. and uh everything is so much more chill in Coeur d'Alene yeah and Spokane and 
So I was way happier to be there. But yeah. either way. There are yeah. the skinheads in, in Hayden. Yeah, you go to them. Yeah. North, right? Yeah, 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 but I've been to Hayden a lot of times, and I've been to Quarter Lane a lot of times. I grew up in Lewiston, and I lived in Spokane for years. And uh, never did I see anybody that was an obvious skinhead or racist or anything like that. I didn't know that that was a problem. Yeah, it's it's. I guess it's a big and if anyone, if it's changed, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we need a Jamie. Jamie, Google that. Um, <clears throat> I have my own Google right here. But I'm talking. I can't Jerry, Google that. Google that. Um, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, at least at one time, I, I believe it's still, it was like one of the biggest skinhead yeah, up there. Yeah, which is not cool. I gotta, that is I not cool. Why you got to hate? It's but, fascinating. They, I don't know I why actually, that would be a place. Yeah, There's a I documentary. Actually, you can find it on YouTube. It was um, one of these far left BBC or... TBS or something did a documentary on the, I think it was Netflix, a documentary on the Hayden Lake skinheads. I'm going to have to watch that because yeah. I'm curious, like, what, what problem? It was not a good around. documentary, but you'll know they're there. Yeah. yeah, it tells why, and I don't remember. But Yeah, that's not cool. Hey, if you're a skinhead and you hate people, don't do that. <laughs> don't. And if you're not a skinhead and you hate people, don't do that. Don't do that. Right? Yeah, I would yeah. agree. Yeah. That's why they call me Coach Jerry. You know? That was <laughs> just dropping, dropping bombs, dude. <laughs> dropping bombs. Where are you going to find shit like that? Nowhere. Nope. Right here. Right, right here. <laughs> uh, what else? You got more stories? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever's on your mind. You guys, Derek's got so many fucking stories. It's fucking awesome. Just. I tend to get a little animated yeah 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 Supposedly. well you know that's your eight Alleged. allegedly. allegedly allegedly yeah derek and i are both on what you call the aggressive personality spectrum one might say one might say yeah not me and lauren is not but so when i do but she gets paid to fight yeah, I was gonna say, yeah i'm the one that gets paid to fight people but whatever <laughs> Uh, yeah, little little back inside baseball. Um, we're all kind of personality nerds, and uh, Lauren's got a personality that is very much not aggressive and or very much or confrontational. In fact, that's one of the things that you're probably least willing to feel ever. The number one thing. Yeah. <laughs> number one thing that she's willing. Number one thing. But she is a great fighter, and um, just goes to show that sometimes the things that you just really, really aren't comfortable with are the things that are best for you. That's how Derek ended up being more of the coach and I'm more of the fighter. Isn't that he funny? Yeah. He, less aggression he kept having in his to get... life and more yeah. love and oh I my need God. more aggression. I'm going to cry. Less love. <laughs> no, so, so, yeah, and a little more inside baseball. So, like, yeah, when Derek, Derek and Lauren first started hanging out, uh, Derek had knee problems, you know, and some other things, but... It was just like, you just want to go back and keep training and training, you know, and like he kept pushing it and pushing it and get better. And then something happened and it was an acute event. It wasn't him being overly zealous or anything. He's actually being very good, very careful with everything. <laughs> like he was being so good. And uh, something happened and it tweaked his other knee or see me. No, other one. Yeah, I should know. Um, yeah. So both knees. Right. And it's just like, like, but what that cause Derek to focus on some other stuff. Now, Lauren's got more time to train, 
Um, and it's just like, yeah, what she just said. It's just funny how life works. Yeah. Is that how you're seeing it, Derek? Or is there, I'm sure there's another perspective. My, yes and no. I mean, some days are better than others. Yeah. Like, when I'm feeling integrated, like, I feel pretty good about it. Um, but then there's part of me that's, you know, also just competitive and want to uh, just always go forward. And, like, I do actually enjoy competing in jiu-jitsu a lot. So not being healthy enough to do that and coaching my wife to do it is, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. I hear you. But... It's also good. I actually have uh, found an enjoyment for coaching lately. So the uh, part of my personality that I, I guess is uh, pretty big in my personality, but I like never really did it because I was like, I always just want to compete. So now that I can't do that, it's like, oh, okay. Well, I do know quite a bit so I can't uh, sit by and not do something about it too now so <clears throat> and also not wanting to be away from jiu-jitsu either whereas normally I'm like well I'm hurt so I guess I'll just go to jiu-jitsu anyway and now I can actually like go to jiu-jitsu and heal up and still get to be a part of it in a different way and that's been pretty fun yeah more so, that I actually enjoy coaching um been teaching a class for the last four months, which like a year ago, either of you, I'm sure could attest to it at this point, that that was uh, no way that was going to fucking happen. <laughs> and now I teach class once a week, so, and teach privates three days a week. Yeah. Currently on top of that, so. Is that his softer side or his harder side coming out there when he when he's coaching versus when he's training and fighting? I'd say softer side. Yeah. I would agree. Thank you more hungry than you are with other His voice gets like two octaves deeper when you turn into Batman. No, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to watch Derek when you're when you're coaching with people. It's it's uh it's a it's a level of energy that's that's so healthy compared to some of the other energies that we've both experienced in our lives and talked about at length. Um both driven by anger, frustration, <laughs> control. Right? control, judgment, and all that. But like that's also how'd you how'd you say it, Lauren, earlier about that? What was the reference you gave when that part, you know, that part of you that's so strong, uh, superpower. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like your personality type can be, yeah, your superpower or your weakness. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people, um, myself included. That is so true. And it's a part, that's a part of me that I didn't like. And I wanted so much to find a way to kill it or get rid of it. or You know what I mean? Like, yep. Resist it. Wow. That's deep. <laughs> no rebuttal. Lauren. <laughs> Oh, this is good. This is good. But yeah, yeah, those are, it's like, uh, 
that's almost the big the big sigh of relief when you realize that it's almost ironic you know it's like huh huh a part of me had been resisting that no 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 you just like we're doing it wrong or you know ineffectively and that like doing it wrong that's my own like inner voice coming out guys <laughs> You're, nobody's wrong um <laughs> yeah but like you know for Derek and I the whole like needing to be strong needing to be uh quote unquote a rock right all coming from a different place than that but when you think or someone gives you the implication or you read into it whatever that you need to totally change and be different right that's so scary as opposed to just being like, no, I'll just add a little more of this to your to yeah, your game. Or even just know why you are the way you yeah. are. Like I am non-confrontational and that always upset me and I was frustrated by it. And I was like, why can't I ever just be angry with people? And then when I just learned to embrace that part of me, I'm like, oh, it's like my superpower that I am very forgiving and I just want to love people and I can't be mean. Like yeah. that's a good thing because I know it's the exact opposite of Derek, but he, like, what I've always wanted, it's like the girl who has curly hair and wants straight hair and vice versa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I always wished I could be angry and intense like Derek, and then I met him and we started doing all this work, and I realized he struggles with that part of him that I've always been jealous of. Oh, maybe I should just embrace what I have, because I'm sure sometimes he wishes he could feel this way, and sometimes I wish I could feel that way, and it's just... The way that should yeah, definitely be easier sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Not be as intense about shit because, like, superpower and, you know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it being good. The whole integration that, thing. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> shit just being some, like we had talked about earlier, like just your personality being uh, a good and a bad thing. Yeah. Sometimes being really intense in situations that don't require it, like, don't tend to uh, usually make the situation better, which sometimes the situation might be easier or less stressful Yeah, uh, to not have to be intense and then the situation might go in a different direction that might be better, yeah. stressful, easier. Yeah. Instead of being hard-nosed, bullheaded. And that's what I love about... Just keep going, you have to do it. Like It just has to go this way because I'm this way. Yeah, yeah, and that's like overexpressing our base personality, exactly. right? And that's what I love about Enneagram is like the whole process behind learning about it and learning about yourself and you learn about others equally well because you can't truly understand yourself until you understand everyone else. Yes. And that's what the beauty of that system, in my opinion, um, and it's a fun process because the whole time, the only one personality type that applies to you is your base. So while you're learning about all the others, it's like, oh, yeah, I know somebody does that. And I know somebody, you know, and and uh, and it just makes you uh, it gives you the tools to be able to. Quote, unquote, integrate or not always go to that. Why do I always react this way? Right. It shows you right there, right there on paper. This is how much you overexpress that part of you. Right. And. But here's what you can do. And it's not faking it till you make it. It's like getting in touch with what that part of yourself really relates to. It's amazing how just knowing why, going back to the beginning of the podcast, right, right. just knowing why is so important. Like yeah. once I learn why I'm so forgiving and all that, like it, it makes me more okay with it. Cause I'm like, right. oh, that's not part of me that I want to fix. Okay. 
I yeah. can keep that part. Yeah. yeah. Adds a little bit of confidence. Yeah. Which may or may not have struggled with more a year ago. You know, yeah. Yeah. And her, well, definitely my personality as well. Like having a meeting with you guys months ago talking about like finding out that my personality is that of a leader. Um, uh, and then me just telling you. Like, you were like, nah. I don't even like, what? No, like, that doesn't even <laughs> Not sense. even like, close. Probably need to take the test again. <laughs> like, that's not right. And then, uh, also like not have uh teaching my class and that kind of stuff too not like stepping into that role figuring out that i actually do enjoy it it's like huh that's interesting yeah <laughs> it feels weird but it works and it is working yeah things are going well yeah yeah it's pretty um and, yeah just figuring out you can choose your emotions like that was like a big breakthrough for me, for sure. Yeah. Like, I didn't choose emotions. I chose emotion. One. <laughs> one. The <Be> one. <laughs> Boom. <Yep>. Like <clears throat> Zero to pissed. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. And it just worked. So I was like, well, fuck that. Like, works to control everything with anger. And other people are just quiet. And nobody says shit. And, you know, they get scared. And, you know. Yeah. It's easy. They want to get confrontational. And, Let's go. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, not be, knowing that, like, I don't have to choose that uh, in situations that um, definitely could use a different touch. Yeah. Not necessarily softer. Yeah. But just a different angle. Yeah. Perspective. Yep. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It does, uh, doesn't have to be super complex, you know, in my opinion, for most of us. You know, obviously, everybody's got a different story. Everybody's got different needs, a different situation. So, you know, everybody's answer is different. But I would say for the majority of us, it shouldn't be that difficult to snap out of situations. All right. You guys got anything else? I don't think so. Great talk. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will put links to these two people in the show notes. And uh, as always, peace, much love, and live well.